Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. Morning, everybody. Certainly nice to be back in country. Um, I was telling someone the other day, they asked a leading question. I forgot what the question was, but my answer was this. It's great to be part of believing communities. You know, uh, you can't survive without it. You know, I, I praise God that I have communities overseas, but also here as well. And I just love coming back here. Uh, Lee's had COVID for a couple of weeks, so I had to not come. I'm sure you wouldn't have wanted me circulating around having slept in the same bed as someone full of COVID. Um, I've had it, I think, three times, so I kind of be immune these days. But yes, I've been away. So, so good to be back with you and see your faces again. And uh, we'll be here till the middle of February at the moment. So I just want to share a few things about what's happening uh, around the traps. Uh, you can tell I'm from the bush, the traps. Um, I've been away this year, uh, 20, 21 weeks I think I've been able to get to Indonesia this time. Next year we hope to make that kind of much more longer of course. Uh, let me just share this chart with you. It doesn't mean a great deal to look at it unless I explain it. So the vertical column is number of baptised believers. Baptised, right? The column across the bottom is number of years. So uh, year 1 to 16. Year 1 is the year 2006. So around about 2006. And 2006, uh, myself and other Indonesian colleague, another guy, we got together and uh, we started to be very focused on what we did. And uh, you can see there for the first four years, there's pretty miserable results. And that's what it's like in pioneering missionary work. Uh, you don't see much in the first few years and it can be quite discouraging. In fact, those first few years were heartbreaking. And, uh, but you can see there's an inflection point there and it's after about eight years. So if you calculate that forward, 2006, eight years. And then you can see that there's been a, a steady multiplication. So what, what we're talking about there at year one, 2006, we're only talking about a handful of believers. And that was, then we partnered with another guy who happens to have a very strong apostolic gift as well. And uh, but we tracked with him many years. There's lots of ups and downs and failures. And there comes an inflection point when you build your life and build the life of Christ into leadership. It's all about leadership development in church planting. You might think that World Missions is about leading people to Christ and forming churches. It is. But if you want to get down to the bottom of it, it's all about developing leaders. And for those nearly eight years, it's all about leadership development and, and selecting people, pouring your life into them. You have lots of ups and downs and failures. And I'm going to show you another one here. And that is not an Indonesian broom. <laughs> no, they look remarkably like that. <laughs> so what you can see is a, a dot. And so that dot is just a handful of people that get started. And then you can see that there's uh, three. We'll call that three churches. Okay, then we can go up to, uh, what have we got, about seven or eight churches after that, fellowships. And then it multiplies. And then you get to a particular point where it goes crazy up the end. Now let me overlay that on the first chart that I just showed you. So that's actually what it looks like. So you can see in the first four years there's virtually a little fruit at all. 
and then you get to a certain point where it starts to multiply and it's called exponential growth, it's not additional growth. At the beginning it's additional and it looks pretty miserable. Um, and then you'll get setbacks and you, 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 know, you, you wish you never came and all kinds of thoughts enter into your head. That's when you don't leave. I was with a missionary the other day, just wanted to throw his hands in the air and walk. You know, I said, don't do it, brother. I said, you stick at this and persevere. You've got to get through those early years. It's language learning, it's culture learning. There's a whole lot of issues there that are happening. And so when you overlay uh, the multiplication with a graph, you can see that it, that it just gets out of control. And one of my goals in life in missionary work is to get things out of control. You know, you might think, no, you want to be in control. No, you don't. You want to get it out of control so it's into the hands of others. And they're doing stuff you never hear about. And that is the wonder and the joy of this work that you find it. Oh, really? I had no idea that was happening. And that is just a wonderful day for me. Um, so I want to share a, a video. Let me just peek and see if there was another one after this. I'm going to tell you a story in a little bit about that lady, but I'll, I'll come back to her. I want to share with you a, an edited video. It was nine minutes long, and some of you might have seen this, so I've shortened it up. Uh, this is like a typical few months of what Lee and I do, and I've compressed it into this, this little video. This is the, the last seven weeks when I was up there without Lee, and she kindly stayed in Australia. Uh, this is the last seven weeks, just compressed. This gives you a snapshot of... Of, of what happens on the field. Let's go for it there, Aaron, if we could. So I've just walked in from this track behind me. We had to leave the four-wheel drive up the top of the hill. It was raining for a a part of the distance to come in so it was too slippery. So he carried our stuff in and in front of me, which we'll just have a look at, is the base of operations. This is one of their, their POS, as they call it, one of their places. And there's schools here and we're going to be staying here a couple of days and also going to some other places also. So uh, this is the beginning of our adventure for these next couple of days. I'll take you on the adventure. Stay with me. Literally cutting our way through the jungle here. Need a machete. Gotta follow this guy, he's quicker than me. So here we are in a clearing, and this is the first of the, the villages, or parts of villages at any rate. And it's just starting to rain right now, so I'm gonna get up there into that little house there and see who's there with the team. So here we are up in this little house, just arrived, climbed up the ladder, which is a log with notches cut out of it, and there's over here, and then there's more up the valley somewhere else. And these are the people that are being reached with the gospel, uh, village by village.
There we go. That's dinner tonight, apparently. These these guys have got bats. They're alive. They're flying foxes. They have a bag full of bats. Bag full of flying foxes. Kitakan makan kapanya. Bezok. They want to eat the things tomorrow. Untuk makan sarapan atau they want, to, they want to eat these bats tomorrow at lunchtime. A handful of bush rats, which is dinner tonight. Oh, he's pulling out its guts. Yeah, we don't want that for lunch. That's not a good idea. do a lot of standing around waiting for people to turn up or this, that and the other to happen. The sound you can hear in the background is the broadcasting of, of uh, stories from the Bible in the local language. They've got a, a gem set or a solar pack and they broadcast from up here in that tree. And the whole village can hear it every day at 6 o'clock in the afternoon and also in the morning. So that's one of the discipleship methods that they use. Broadcasting the message, then following it up personally or in groups. Let's have a look at this picture up here. That lady there, if you might notice, she has a crippled hand. See that? So uh, you, I don't know if you've been for a holiday in Bali or not, but um, what you don't see is the underbelly. 
of the place. And when you get out of Denpasar and go into the mountains, there's another five million people up in those mountains. They're living everywhere. Hindu Balinese originated from India, but it developed its own unique characteristics. Uh, we started to work there about eight years ago. Uh, initially, we just work in the Muslim world. And um, what you don't know is the consequences of your mindsets. The consequence of a mindset is like this. Um, that woman there was dumped by her husband and uh, he had sort of a farm in the mountains and he took another wife and he said, well, you can live in the chicken shed out the back. And so she was there for many years. Now, one of our teams uh, had contacted her and led her to the Lord about eight years ago. And she was hard to get to because the husband was furious about this, that he'd taken another wife and just stuffed her out the back. Consequently, she just um, had to live on her own out there, but uh, she did get around and some of the other believing communities that were started would visit her and bring her food and so forth. And she spent like eight years praying this woman and praising the Lord. And I just want to tell you, this is a miracle. This just happened recently. This guy was quite hostile and would not let teams visit her. She'd have to come out, you see. But look at this. Next slide, which I have to press. Okay, there's the man himself, an idol-worshipping, really hard, hard-nosed guy who finally caved in. And uh, on one side, one of our church members, Senley, is laying hands on him after he's believing and repented, and they baptise him with a bucket of water. Is that worth praising God for? <laughs> My friends, it is just... You meet miracles in these mountains up there where uh, people have been addicted to to idol worship all their life and they know nothing else and then to see the freedom that comes and when you change it change your mindset you actually love your wife now he's got a problem and it's in the scriptures he's got two wives <laughs> so what do we do with a man that's got two wives should he become a leader or not that's a really good question and we deal with these kind of things quite often so um yeah more about uh, miracles and signs and wonders later i want to come to a word that uh, is important to me and it's important to you because I'm sure you actually say it often. This word is the word blessing and it originates from uh, the scriptures where God blessed and so we see in Genesis 1 uh, that God blessed the creation and said be fruitful and multiply and then the next creation was, uh, was mankind. And what was God's words spoken over Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply. But it says God blessed them. And that's really important. The scripture records this word blessing. Consequently, we also see another word in scripture, which is the word curse. So we see curses and blessings. So the word blessing, actually, the root of the word blessing, this is really important to know, the root of the word blessing is abundance. And so when you bless someone, you're saying to them, I want abundance on you. And if someone is cursed, there's scarcity upon them. And it says that God cursed the land. And what is, what's the consequences of that curse? It says that um, the ground is cursed because of you. You will not be able to eat uh, you will eat by the... F Wait, I can't read it from this distance, sorry. <laughs> I can't better read it on here. Uh, so you've got to work with your hands is what it says, basically. Scarcity. 
painful labor, scarcity. Now, this is an interesting concept, blessing and cursing. And so I want to dig more into this word blessing because it has to do with abundance, abundance and favor. So we go to Genesis 12 and we see here that God says words to a man named Abram. At this point, he's not Abraham, he's Abram. And so what are the words spoken to him? The Lord said to Abram, go from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Abundance. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And here's the, here's the knock on. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now that's a promise made before the law of Moses. And that's a really important point. Now, we speak the word blessing all the time. Yeah, g'day, mate, be blessed. You know, it just comes out of our mouth like that so freely. Now, let's dive into the book of Galatians where Paul picks up the theme of Genesis chapter 12, 1 to 3. That's the words that I just uh, read to you. God's promise and God's spoken promise over Abram that he will bless him. And so in Galatians... Paul is discussing and arguing a point between like this. It goes like this. Does blessing come by following the rules or does blessing come by faith in Christ? That's the argument. And so in the book of Galatians, the church or the churches that were planted had a problem. There were these high-class, educated, scholarly Jews came along probably from Jerusalem, and they were infiltrating Paul's churches, and they were saying to these people who were Gentiles, who were not Jews, they say, hey, listen, you know what? You haven't got the full deal. Paul has been holding back something from you. You need to follow the Jewish law also. If you really want to get blessed, you've got to have the Jewish law. And so Paul argues the point, and he says, no, the law is good, but you don't need the law to be blessed. That's the argument of the book of Galatians. And so in arguing that point, Paul dives back into the book of Genesis, chapter 12. And it says here in chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, it says, Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles. Justify means to put them right. I hope today you have been put right with God. That's called salvation being justified, declared innocent. So it says that God saw it in advance, that they'd be put right by faith, of course, in Christ. And it says here, and proclaim the gospel, the good news, ahead of time to Abraham. Abraham heard the good news. And that was, there'll be blessing on the, non, on the, on the, the nations of the world. And he says here, all the nations will be blessed. That's abundance through you consequently those who have faith are blessed says paul with abraham who had faith or believed so what does it actually mean to be blessed well the new testament concept of being blessed is first of all being put right with god that's being called being born again being saved we throw these words around so freely and lightly but it is deep with meaning it means god's abundance has come to be declared innocent to be forgiven and of course in any culture forgiveness is an abundant act 
when we forgive. We extend generosity. And if you have trouble forgiving people, I suggest you dig a little deeper and look at whether you understand that, that forgiveness is generosity. It's not just letting someone off the hook and say, oh, I'll let it pass. No, it's a, it's a hard attitude where you want to be generous to that person, you see, and you'll be able to forgive. And so in practical terms, being blessed in a New, con new Testament concept is to be born again, have to, to have new life and enjoy who Jesus is. So let's take this yet further and let's go to Galatians 3, 13 and 14. So Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Now the purpose was that the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles. That's us, us. That's those people in those bush huts that you saw before. The purpose is that the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles by Jesus Christ so that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. My friends, this is an amazing thing. The blessing of Abraham is God's Holy Spirit. Is that not cool? That in being put right with God and being declared innocent through the work of Christ, we don't just get let off the hook, but we get the generosity of God's very presence with us. Holy Spirit of God is the blessing of Abraham. That's an important point when you're in ministry to understand what blessing actually means. It is the presence of God at work. So something happens. That's the point. Something occurs when God's Spirit turns up. That promised Holy Spirit comes. So the blessing of Abraham, let's get practical in what this actually looks like. Now, we, we saw a testimony from Tracy, the video testimony. My friends, did you catch the blessing involved in that? Okay, the generosity of just walking over to a stranger. That's a pretty generous act, by the way. So, blessing equals abundance. I want you to hang on to this word of abundance. So the abundance of God's presence, that's blessing, to know God personally. The abundance of joy. You might think, well, I don't have much to give. My friends, you don't yet understand how God works. Joy is the best thing you could ever impart. I tell you, that's a gift that'll turn around the darkest soul. Is when joy that's heavenly turns up into someone else's environment and world. Like that lady in the car where where Tracy's a carrier of something abundant that's godly. And it's called the joy and, and, and favor of God that comes. So, abundance of joy, abundance of love. We had a message from Simon Kiani Simo here a few weeks ago about the, the, the three greats. I had a look at it online. To, to, I, I thought I'd check out, Brad, on what you've been preaching here while I've been away. Um, <laughs> abundance of kindness. I receive, I receive texts every day on our network. There's 70 people on our, on our Indonesian network. Uh, about 65 of those are Indonesian church planters, and I get stacks of texts. Almost every day I get pictures of someone being baptized somewhere or, or some testimony of some type. A guy sent me a picture the other day. It's, it made my heart... I just could hardly 
speak. It was a woman, again, that had been abandoned. What happens uh, in some parts is mindset again. She was abandoned by her family. She was a cripple. She has diabetes. And so they shove her in a room out the back. This is so common. I've found people with chains, tied up with chains around their necks and legs, been there for years. Uh, you, you don't tell me uh, that Christianity comes in and ruins someone else's culture or ruins their religion. If their religion is going to be good, it will bless that woman that's chained up at the back, right? And so he sent me a picture of this woman who had diabetes and they'd abandoned her and he went there and he showed me a video actually uh, and she couldn't walk, uh, diabetes had got the best of her, excrement was all over the bed and everywhere and on the floor, been there for weeks like this, it was foul and she lost her sight as well through diabetes, completely abandoned. My friends, kindness. The generosity of kindness comes into that woman's life. You see, abundance. You want to talk about blessing? You come in and they clean the whole place up. And I'm not sure what the end of the story is. You'd only got it the other day. But you see, you can, you can bless without nothing by doing those kind of acts. And sometimes to win over a stubborn community, that's the only way to do it, is clean up that that. Uh, woman's bed and room or whatever chicken house or whatever it is and everyone in the community goes well we never did that you know and maybe five years later they'll all repent and they do that is how you crack open really hard nut people like that man who had just put his wife out the back his hands were crippled you see eventually he caved in even though he was quite hostile for many years so signs wonders and miracles that's another uh, another area of abundance uh, Galatians 3.5 says that God supplies his spirit and does miracles among you. That's the generosity of God. Uh, the good news of salvation, of course, sow it abundantly. Uh, human development, we do a lot of that. We spend hundreds of thousands at the moment on building schools, health clinics. We bought a boat the other day for $30,000, for instance. That's uh, a boat for, as an ambulance to get across a bay. You know, that's just human development type stuff, right? Now, I've, I've learned one thing. Programs don't carry any anointing. You can have fantastic programs, and of course everyone has programs, uh, communists have good programs, right? Sure of it. But you see, there's a, there's a qualitative difference. It's the, it's the blessing of Abraham on the people that are on the boat, you see. Uh, uh, that's the difference. Uh, human development, we do a lot of that stuff. Abundance of vision. People have such poverty of vision, friends. We need to so abundantly vision for the kingdom. And if you're bored and don't know what to do with your life, just spend five minutes with me, please. I'll give you a vision for the kingdom about what, can do, what God can do with you. And so what we need is an abundance of what is contagious in the Lord. That's the word blessing. Be blessed, friends. So I'm just going to touch base on, on the area of church planning for a moment. There's a debate going on around the world right now in missionary circles. It goes like this. Is the fruit on the field because of the man or the method? Or you could put it another way. Is the fruit on the field because of the people or the program? That's a good, good argument to put forward because you need missionary strategy. We've got a church plant happening right now in Logan. Okay. Do we need a method and a program? Well, friends, you do. You've got you to meet somewhere. right? You've got to have it worked out. But at the end of the day, 
What's more important, your program or your people? Your man or your method, right? And when it comes down to it, we understand the answer, of course. It's people that are walking in the blessing of Abraham. It's like Tracy, you see. And your methods sometimes get thrown right out the window because God overrules it. Having said that, you've got to start with a method or people don't know what to do. And this is a, a big debate going on at the moment. Uh, and, you know, I have methods. I train very carefully and very diligently over certain methods. And I tell you, we are routine over this like crazy. Why? To get everyone on the same page. But at the same time, you release it very freely because you need people to be able to act, act with this generosity in their own unique way that God created them as a missionary or as a church planter, you see. But yet you still need a method and a pattern. Uh, and these are in dynamic tension, always in dynamic tension. And you've got to be careful not to let the program overrule the person or the method overrule the man. That's just a, a sidekick on, on some of the issues happening right now. Uh, let me just go further into Galatians again. Let's have a look at this, Galatians 5. So when you go through the book of Galatians, Paul is arguing this issue of law and grace. Does blessing, does Abraham's blessing come because of following rules or does it come by faith in Christ? But then he, he summarizes it and he brings it to a, a point of conclusion and, he's, and he spends in chapter 5 a lot of time talking about what's called walking in the spirit. So he says the blessing is the Holy Spirit that's Abraham. And then he, says, then he explains how to walk in it. He says, don't do these things because that's of the flesh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and so forth, right? Uh, and he's got this very practical teaching in chapter 5. And then he comes to this particular clangor. And he says this. He says, for you are called to be free. Now, this, this word free is what he's saying is you are free from the law. That's what he's saying. You are called to be free, brothers and sisters, from the law. Only don't use this freedom from the law, the law of Moses, because he's telling them, no, you don't actually need it. But, he says, but uh, don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. That means to sin. Don't go like this. Oh, well, we're all forgiven. God's generous. He's abundant. You know, we've got Jesus. We can do whatever we like now. We'll be forgiven. Now he says, no, don't do that. Don't go down that track. That's wrong thinking also. All right. But he summarizes it and says, but serve one another through love. And then he comes back to the law of Moses and he says, for the whole law. I mean, there is over 58,000 words in the law. And he says, the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. My friends. In five words, Paul summarized the book of Leviticus, 24,541 words, Deuteronomy, 28,352 uh, words, 52,893 words are fulfilled or summarized in five words. Says the Apostle Paul, love your neighbor as yourself. Is that, is that not the coolest bit of freedom on the face of the planet? Right? Now, if you were a Jew and you grew up and you had to memorize, memorize the book of Leviticus, right? You're some kid and you, you find Jesus, you're going to freedom at last. 
I tell you, that's such good news. It is, I'm not a Jew, but I can imagine how liberated those early New Testament uh, Jews would have felt, you know, when, when they finally realized that right there in the law itself was actually written the way to fulfill it. But there's one thing that was missing. There was just one thing they did not have. And that was the power of God to do it. That's the blessing of Abraham. See, the blessing of Abraham is not just telling you you have freedom from the law, but the blessing of Abraham is telling you you have the power to do it. You have the power to love your neighbor as yourself. You have the power to walk in to a chicken shed out the back of someone's house in the north of Bali where there's a woman half dead. And you have the power to love that woman and to love that community that might actually beat you up and throw you out anyway, by the way, but you've got the power to stand firm. Maybe eight years later, the guy that persecuted you will cave in like he did last week. Finally cave in and come to Jesus. I think that's such good news, friends. And so be blessed. Enjoy the abundance that God provides in the Holy Spirit. You know, in missionary work, um, you're confronted with all kinds of situations that seem almost overwhelming. But there's one thing I've learned, and that is to walk in this understanding that God's at work abundantly before I get there. You see, that, that is the key to it. Otherwise, you're completely stricken with fear and overwhelmed with confusion. But you see, because God is abundant, we act abundantly as well. So you abundantly love, even in the face of rejection. You abundantly love. And you don't give up. And friends, at the beginning of this PowerPoint, I don't know if I can slip backwards that far. Oh, no, sorry. Could you bring that back? Just one more. That one there. You might be looking at that and say, oh, it only happens over there. You know, when I started in 2006, we started earlier than that when we lived in Singapore, but uh, my friends, I used to say to myself, it'll never happen here. I said, this is impossible. This is so impossible. I can't even speak the language properly. I so feel such an idiot, you know, and you just feel like this will never happen. Friends, stand firm on the blessing of Abraham that God in the spirit has an abundance. And you know, it may be that you start out there the first four years, you just got a, a few fellowships, that's it. My friends, there is no reason why that cannot happen in these parts here. It's just that in our heads, we just feel it can't happen. It doesn't happen here. Well, try working, walking, work, walking, working in the Muslim world. You know, you say it just never happened here. It does, it actually does. But it might take immense setbacks, heartache. But you hang on to the promise of God that he's going to bless the nations, you see. I've had to bury several of our church planters. And it's not because someone killed them. You know what killed them? Their diet. They just feed themselves with everything that and they get diabetes and they die in their 40s. I go, oh gosh, I wish this guy was run over with, with better with a truck rather than dying from his diet. 
And you have heartache like that, where you wish you could make things better. In fact, next year I'm working on diet for all our 70 church plants. I could get these guys eating properly, but it's a cultural issue. I'm going sideways here on issues, but I just want to tell you, uh, there are very practical things you've got to overcome if you want to see that and see multiplication, you know, and you've got to have a, a truckload of Tracy's or whoever else there is, a truckload of Richard's, uh, Richard White. You know, you've just got to have people that can be abundant and generous and attach a bit of a program to it to go in a straight line. And friends, the blessing of Abraham is there in the spirit of God to be claimed. It's to be claimed from heaven and brought down to earth. And it's faith that activates it. Okay, we're going to finish. All right, I'd like you to please stand up. And I want some of you to pray out. I want you to take what, uh, what the word of God is putting in your heart today. I want you to put that into prayer, please. I want some of you to pray out nice and loud so we can hear you. I want you to activate faith. I want you to pray with vision. Uh, I want you to pray with conviction, uh, standing on the scriptures and what it says to us. My friends, do not say on your heart, it, cannot, it will never happen here. If you're saying that in your heart, I want you to repent like it's the worst, like any other sin. Don't say in your heart, it'll never happen here, it only happens over there. We're not going to go down that road, friends. This is New Heart Baptist Church. God has put upon our hearts to plant churches. Sure, we're doing it overseas with, with people, but, but it's going to happen here. It is happening here. Already started. We've already got some fellowships. Why can't, this is going to multiply, friends. We're going to see a movement of fellowships here. Then you are part of something really big, you see, as we, as we walk in abundance that God has put upon us. So, all right, several of you pray out nice and loud, and we'll all say yes and amen to that prayer. Thank you, friends. Go ahead. Someone's anointed to go first. Pray it out, please. Nice and loud. And that you would help us to speak out. Um, and when you give us God opportunities, we pray that we would um, be abundant in our um, loving of others. That you would show us clearly who to speak to, what to say, and give us bravery. Give us courage to step out and just do it. And Lord, we thank you that all the time you give us opportunities. Just help us to grasp hold of it and make it the most important thing in our lives. And we pray from this day that we would be um, just fully on fire for you. We pray your Holy Spirit to be really present in everyone's life. And we just love you, Lord, and we want to serve you, and we want this to happen in our community. In Jesus' name, amen. There's some more. Who else? Who's next? Let's go ahead. Put your hand up if you want a microphone. When, we'll come when to you. you don't know what to say and you're too scared to speak up, just stop and pray for God's discernment. You don't have to do it. 
you know, we just pray for our neighbours and friends, our secular friends who, ah, they think they're good and uh, they think it's interesting that we're Christian. But we just pray, Lord, for, for the Holy Spirit to shine through us and for Jesus to shine through us and to help us really, um, you know, just pray the Holy Spirit to speak through us because there are thousands or probably hundreds of thousands of Australians and our friends who think they're good people, but um, they just say, we don't do church. We don't go to church. We just pray for them, Lord. We pray that the Holy Spirit would move in their hearts. Thank you, Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Help us to tap in to where you're at. Help us not to think that we have to dream dream up ways. Help us just to be really, really in tune with where you're at and be obedient and follow. Mm. Father God, there is so much need out there and so much despair. Thank you that you've given us hope and that we can be a blessing to everybody. And forgive, forgive me when I sort of think, goodness me, it's all too much and mm. you just want to go and hide. But Father God, thank you that you give us the strength and the faith and the resilience to keep going and to bless people. And we praise you and we thank you for this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. Anyone on this side of the room? Oh, Father, we can't do anything without your Holy Spirit. But when our hearts are willing, Lord, help us when we feel shaky. But anoint us for those prayers. As, as we go out into the marketplace, we'll see somebody or something will happen. We don't always have to speak to that person, but we can lift that person up to you immediately and pray a prayer, prayer over them, Lord. And it might be the only one that will happen to them that will set them on their journey to you. Thank you Lord. Let us Thank be you, mindful Spirit. and use our eyes to see so that we can be channels of your prayers for your lost people in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. So thank you, Father, that you are at work. Uh, thank you that you've made promises that the nations will be blessed, Lord. And on this soil that we stand, Father, we um, thank you that you're at work right now. And our hope and our dream is that thousands upon thousands will say yes to you and enjoy all the blessings of Abraham, all everything that Jesus has done for us, that Thousands upon thousands. Give us that sort of wisdom, apostolic vision, leadership, Lord, capacity, we pray. Thank you. We commit our day to you, Father. Go ahead of us. We want to meet with you out there today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.